Welcome back, dear listener, to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. This is episode 109, and joining me is Matt, but no Nathan Van Horn. Yeah. Could not be here today. So we should we use our last names since he's not here? Yeah, all right. So joining you today is me, Savage, and Powell. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Oh man. You know it's funny like we we always talk about the name thing and the importance of names in the Bible and you know around here I go by Gandalf Savage which of course you know Gandalf is not a real you know it's not a Christian name right like my real name <laughs> is is James Savage but lots of times I will say Gandalf Savage and people were like that's not your real name you made Savage up. And it's like that's actually that's actually the real one. <laughs> it's so. it's it's actually this man is a savage. That's what it that's is. Correct. But listener, we're glad that you're joining us. Um, if you've been joining us for all 109 episodes, then thank you so much for doing that. And it's because you guys are liking, subscribing, sharing this with your friends, going to our website, leaving us uh, leaving us good feedback at betterthanfictionbiblepodcast.com. It is thanks to all of that that we were able to continue to provide this 30 minutes of discussion every Tuesday. So we want to thank you for that. And if Nathan were here, he would want to thank you as well. I, I feel confident in saying. Yes, Gandalf. And I think it was, we mentioned in last week's episode that on iTunes alone, we've surpassed 80,000 individual unique listens to the podcast. So yeah, at least that's, that's correct. 80,000 individuals have listened to some of at least one episode, which is just mind blowing to me. And that's not including Spotify and the other platforms. Yeah, I, I estimate if you coalesce all of our platforms together, I estimate we're around 100,000 people wow. total. Well, and that's possible, as you just said, for our, our listeners that not only listen faithfully, but the best way that our podcast is spread by, is by word of mouth. And and hopefully, um, and we're going to be talking about this more and more as as the the weeks roll on as we do this Bible study together is that this podcast is meant to be a conversation amongst friends. And hopefully you feel a part of that conversation when when you listen, that hopefully this doesn't feel like a lecture in church or, or a sermon. Not that those are, are bad. They certainly have their place. But this is designed to be more conversational. And I, I'm persuaded that that is one of the best, if not the best way to learn the Bible and interact with the text. Um, so hopefully you can join us in that conversation and have friends and invite them to that conversation by listening to the podcast. And so for those of you who tell others about the podcast, you are our heroes. Thank you. Yes, that's that's the true test of a, a super fan. Oh, great segue. Mm, you like <laughs> that, Matt? Uh, yeah, that, that, was, <laughs> that was impressive. Uh, so I do have news for us today is that we are finished with Genesis 21. Um, even though there is something about Genesis 21 that... Uh, I wanted to say, as I'm reading through the Bible, some stuff later in Genesis made me go back to Genesis 21, but we'll get, we'll talk about that when we get there. So we're going to move on to Genesis 22 today and Nathan. So it's a unique relationship with this episode. Nathan had a situation arise that required his attention. He, he did the prep work for us in this episode. As you all know, our episodes are not canned. We don't do scripts for them. We, uh, get a ideal direction, an idea or a direction, and uh, talk about so, some logistical work on the front end, but we don't script it out. Well, Nathan was a part of the process that we do every week, 
but then just had to leave. So um, he is here in spirit, literally, because we just talked with him about this episode. And Lord willing, he will be back with us next week. I, but, I feel really bad because during our prep work, he mentioned how this was his favorite story in the Bible. That's and right. He, he was, And then here we are. He's like, y'all go on without me. I was like, oh, my gosh, your favorite story in the Bible. So, but anyway, we're going going to go ahead and at least introduce the story this week. And we're only going to look at the first few verses. It's the famous story of the sacrifice of Isaac. Now, in Jewish tradition, this is just this is known as the binding, uh, the binding of Isaac, so to speak, um, that this is just known the story. This is so pivotal because this is this is the last big thing in the life of Abraham that we see, the last major test. And it is a wonderful picture of this man of faith triumphing here, you know, in the tail, the tail end of his story. But we're just going to look at, why don't we just look at the first two verses today? There's not much that we're going to to go over this week in the sense of the whole story. We just want it to- feels so, uh, It ahead. feels so weird to be starting like the last little, you know, the last major story of Abraham. We've I feel like we've been following him for so long. It feels weird that this is like the last, you know, major chapter in his life that we read about. That's right. But let, I mean, there's a little bit more finding a wife for Isaac. We're going to find out about that in the coming weeks, but uh, let not your heart be troubled. We'll talk about Abraham for the rest of the Bible. Because mm. remember, the Abraham arc, Abraham arc never ends. It, That's right. It never ends. We all fall within the, the arc of Father Abraham. I'm one of them, and so are you. So Genesis 22, verses 1 and 2. Gandalf, why don't you read today, and as always, do that from the ESV. All right. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, I am here. He said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah. <laughs> Moriah. And, I'm sorry. You, you Lord I, of the Rings I, I, lover. I literally, I'm <laughs> so The mines listener. of Moria. All right. <laughs> Gandalf, Gandalf, cut that. No, no, leave it in. That's hilarious. <laughs> All right. Moriah. I almost said it again. Moriah. Moriah. Yeah, Moriah. <laughs> And offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Mm. So, so very good. That, um, man, that's that's heavy stuff. That, that is your child sacrifice. Uh, take one. I, li- I like how he really like rubs it in. It's like, take your son, your only son, the son that you love. Yeah, let's, like, let's, re- let's, really spell, it, let's spell it out here. So a, a couple of things here. So this is a test. Uh, look at the very first thing. God tested Abraham. Okay. Mm. So here's a question. Why is God testing anyone? Because like when I say the word test and we think test time, all right, here we go. Like, you know, that can bring like fear and trepidation in, into the life of many people. Like for instance, some people say, well, I was never a good test taker. I just got too nervous uh, or I was. Oh, that, so, that's me. Oh, the, well, you know, there you go. It's just. Why is God testing Abraham? So, Gandalf, what would be some reasons? Why? Let's not talk about God just yet. Why are tests given? Like, what would be some potential reasons? Why would you give uh, anyone well, a test? Well, you, you give tests as an assessment. You want to yeah. see what someone is capable of or what they know most often. Right. I think about, like, when like I've got a, a daughter that's about to turn 16. She's about to take a driving test in order to get her license. She passed 
for her permit last year, you know, the, the written test, but then she will actually have to pass a driving test, you know, with uh, someone who works with the Department of Motor Vehicles to assess whether or not she should be trusted behind the wheel. Mm. So assessment, is there another one? So, some tests are meant to where it's not the test itself, but it's to test something about the person or to like a lot of tests are designed for you to fail, right? And to test how you react in failure. I'm uh, I'm thinking about like the famous Kobayashi Maru test in Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. that, that, like where Kirk has to learn to deal with failure, like the unwinnable yeah. situation. And I, I think also like, for instance, like, uh, you don't see them as much as you used to. But when I was a kid, there was all these like places that you could go. Um, like, do you remember Celebration Station? Do y'all remember that? Do you, can you remember a Celebration Station? I don't I don't know Celebration Station. Well, it, it was like a thing, kind of like a, a, a Chuck E. Cheese for teenagers. Oh, like uh, an arcade. Yeah, an arcade where you go and win prizes. And then uh, there are all kinds of games in there. But Celebration Station, maybe that was more regional, um, things like that. But... Um, they are there and they exist and the games inside or carnival, kind of like carnival games, I guess, is that where they're, where they're like rigged. Yeah. They're not exactly a test of skill. Like they are completely designed that you might fail and mm. that your succession at, or succeeding at one of these things, not succession is just sheer chance. Or sometimes designed chance, so to speak, which it seems like an oxymoron. I, I was watching this uh, uh, documentary on arcade games, and I can't even remember what it's called. It's it's the one they're in all those old arcades and where it's a bunch of light bulbs in a circle and they run around and you try to hit the button yeah, to stop the light yeah. bulb. I can't remember what that one's called. Um but suppose it, it was called uh, it was called the Vortex at Skate Zone in Columbus, Mississippi. Oh, okay. Up, so. I gotcha. Well, actually inside that, because they show you the owner's manual, like it is completely rigged. Like it has nothing to do with skill whatsoever, has yeah. nothing to do with timing. It's just supposed to dispense a winner after so many tries. That's crazy. Yeah. Like that is, is a, a game. That is a test that is designed to make you fail. Um. But then what would be another reason, like we talked about him beforehand, like what would be, and I think it's the reason that we find here in our story today that someone would be tested. Well, we've talked about tests designed to make you fail. And I would say the opposite of that, the counterpoint to that would be tests designed to make you better, to make you succeed. Yes. Like the, the test is given so that in passing it, you grow and uh, you benefit from it. Like, for instance, we talked about way back when, when we were back in Genesis chapter two, is the question of the two trees in the Garden of Eden. You had, I don't know if you remember, it's been many moons ago, but the whole idea that we think about it, we think about there was the tree of life and then there was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And unfortunately, we think about it as the good tree and the bad tree. The bad tree, yeah. That's right. But it's, but not, it's not that simple. It's not that simple because both trees, God created all things good. Mm -hmm. And that tree that God created that was the tree of knowledge of good and evil was beautiful. But the, the beauty of that tree was not for consumption. It was for abstinence. You, 
that you enjoyed its beauty and you overcame and received, in a sense, life from the tree of knowledge of good and evil by not partaking of it, but abstaining from it, which is opposite from the tree of life, which is you receive life from, you know, partaking of the tree itself. Yeah, it, it was like it was beautiful not not to tempt you to partake of it. It was beautiful because that was the point of its existence. It was right. That was that was that was the point of the enjoyment to begin with. It was the point of the enjoyment. It's a beautiful thing to obey God. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a beautiful thing to uh to 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 walk and live in His commands. So unfortunately, and we all know this, is Adam and Eve did not pass that test. So, they chose poorly. Yeah, they chose poorly. <laughs> Great reference, sir. <laughs> Ironically, there's another Indiana Jones coming out in a few months. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, fast forward now in Genesis 22. We're looking here and look at the language of this. And you pointed it out. He said, take your own or take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love and go to the land of Moria. Now, Gandalf, I know at this stage in your life, you, you do not have children. I have That's right. six of them, one in heaven. And uh, one of the things that I say about my children often is they are beautiful. They are beautiful to me. And I love them. Like, I, 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 it's just part of being a parent. You love who they are, what they are, how they look, how they talk. And even in their messiness and recklessness at times, over time, that becomes beautiful to you as well in at least most situations. Um, this is the beautiful tree that God has given Abraham. And what is he asking Abraham to do? Offer him as a burnt offering. Cut it down. Burn it down. Mm. Like why would God after keep in mind in the previous chapter, we've just sent Ishmael away like option option two, which was previously option one is now off in the wilderness somewhere like Isaac is all he's got. Mm -hmm. Why is God doing this? He's testing the faith of Abraham because I mean, he's, he's put Abraham in a situation where there is, there is no backup. There's a, uh, there's a famous saying in the uh, computer science information technology world where two is one, one is none. Right. Talking about backups. If if you have only one, that's the same thing as having no recourse if something were to go wrong. And here we are. There's he's only got one. Right. Um so a couple of things here is it's interesting. We'll get into this more next week with Nathan. This is the first time in the Bible the word love is mentioned. Isn't that interesting? Look in verse it two. Is. I, I, I'm, I, my, my first reaction when you said that it is, that can't be true. And now that I'm thinking, wait a minute. Yeah. It is. It is true. And how interesting that the first time love is mentioned is in a father-son relationship. Mm. And, it's, and it's not a reference to God's love. It's rather a reference to Abraham's love. And here's another thing. So we talk on and off about the Septuagint, which is the Greek translation from the intertestamental period, the Greek translation of the Hebrew Bible. When you get down to take your son, your only 
son. In Greek, only son is what we've talked about before, monoyenes, which is translated in the New Testament as one and only son. Like what famous verse of the Bible do you think? I was just about to ask, is that from John 3.16? Yeah, and it's, it's from several places. It's, this is, because by the way, is Isaac the only son of Abraham? No. No, but he's the only one like this one. That's right. And which we, we've talked about that or from early days in the podcast. Mm. That's right. Is that this, this is the only one just like him. And I want you to take him by the way, the one whom you love and go to the land of Moriah, which by the way is future Jerusalem. This is temper temple Mount and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I shall tell you. Now, there's one other word I want to point out that should harken back to what we've talked about previously, and it's mountains. Why is this so significant? Like, we've talked about mountains a lot. Like, what's the first mountain that we talked about? Do you remember? Eden. Yeah. It's a mountain, Eden was mountain the place where the, where the rivers ran down. It's the, it's the mountaintop garden where, the, by the way, there's a tree. And how ironic that here... Here we are talking about a tree. Nathan pointed this out in our pre-recording episode, the tamarisk tree at the end of 21. And then here we have them going to the mountains of uh, uh, Moriah and they're taking with them wood from a tree. And this is an, this is a test on a mountain involving instruction from God and involving wood. And involving, like, for instance, if you think about it in terms of Adam and Eve, God gave them one command. Don't eat of this tree. God has given, it's the emphasis here, monoyones, using the Greek again, one son like Isaac. Like, this is, this is everything. This is the most important thing that God has, has given to Abraham. And contrary to the failures that have occurred on previous mountains. We talked about Adam and Eve. We also, I don't know if you remember, we talked about at least two other mountains where there were failures and tests in, in Genesis, uh, Genesis, uh, the Noah story where, I don't know if you remember they planted a garden, he planted a vineyard on a mountain, the, the whole ham trilogy, mm-hmm. where the whole failure there. And involved, it involved fruit. Yes. It, it involved fruit hearkening back to the garden. And then also the fake mountain, the manufactured mountain of Babel. Yes. Where men uh, and women were told to spread abroad and multiply over the earth after the flood. And instead they just built a city and made a, made a false mountain to try to uh, raise their name above God's and be something that God had not commanded them to be. So... Here we are. Here is the major test for Abraham. And previously, it's interesting. He's kind of like the first person in the, the story of the Bible who passes the test. Mm. Like the big, great test of faith. Certainly, we've already read about Abraham's sins and failures. But the, the big test of faith involving the most important thing, like the the one command that God gave 
Adam and Eve was don't touch the tree. The one command that God gave the people at Babel was be fruitful and multiply, and they disobeyed. This is the one son that God himself has given Abraham. Like, this is the thing. This is the moment. It all, it's like, you know, uh, I know you, uh, with you being a technology guy, when you go to a play or you're in a theater, when the, like now, like the moving lights will go Mm -hmm. and focus in all on one person. It's like, it's, the text is wanting us to focus in on this one moment. This, this this is it. This is the moment. This is it. And we've already been here before in the story. And every time it's been a failure, every time somebody has failed the test, Abraham Mm -hmm. is going to be the first person to pass the test. He'll be the first to descend a mountain, not in like shame and punishment, but in victory. Man. Everyone else comes off the mountain and it's bad. So true. I have not thought of it that way. But yeah, everyone who descends the mountain before Abraham is leaving in shame. Um, But Abraham descends in triumph over that. No, there's so much more to talk about in the story. Uh, in Nathan's favorite story in the Bible. Right, Nathan's favorite story in the Bible. But he's and, not here. That's right. And we will certainly, certainly get into that. But... um. Any any further comments that you have before we start to wrap this up? No, I don't. It's just, uh, you know, it, it, for us, the reader, we're kind of clued in. Like, nothing bad is going to happen. Oh, God is testing Abraham. We know that this is all fine. But, man, when you're there and you've gone through this thing where, like, you've tried to have your own son because you didn't know what was going to happen, then God's like, no, actually, it's this other kid, and I'm mm-hmm. going to make him great. I'm going to bless him. And then he's like, actually, I need you to sacrifice him for me. Right. And but. so here's what's interesting to me. This is speculation. It's like, um, I wonder, did Abram tell Sarah what was up? Oh, gosh, <laughs> probably not. Yeah. Like, did Abraham take time to say, hey, babe, uh, I'm just going to go up north here on the mountain. And because they're in Beersheba or Beersheba, either way. Uh, and. And we're going to journey up to what will become Jerusalem, up on the mountains. And I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to sacrifice our son. Here's here's another speculation. So presumably this is far away from where they went. Oh, definitely. Yes. Did he pack food for the return journey for two people? No. Ooh, that is interesting. Well, so one of the things that we can know, and we'll get into this, uh, if you look down in verse number four and five, on the third day, Abram. Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there, worship and come again to you. Like it's this whole idea that, listen, we're going to go over there. And when we're done, we're going to come back. Mm. And, and Paul picks the, or, uh, like the, New Testament picks up on this, not just Paul, but Hebrews as well, is like, this is the thing. This is where the book of Hebrews and Hebrews 11, this is where God is celebrating that Abraham believed that God was able to raise Isaac from the dead, that even Mm. if he would ultimately kill Isaac as a sacrifice, that in Abraham's mind, at least according to the author of Hebrews, 
is, hey, God is able to raise him from the dead. Uh, so, yeah, so I'm sure by that comment, my guess is, yes, they packed enough for him to get home in the mm-hmm. sense of lunches. <laughs> that's what you were that's, getting at there. That, that's an awkward trip back, right? Yeah. That's, a, that's so, an awkward, that's an awkward donkey ride back to camp. Right. Um, so what, what's interesting too, though, is that there is Jewish tradition. Nathan's talked about this and a lot of people have heard about this before, uh, is that for instance, that Isaac was obediently receiving this, that this was not in, in some Jewish tradition that Isaac bound himself, that he laid himself. He was so obedient that he laid himself on the altar. That, that interesting. Um, I, I quoted uh, Hebrews 11. I was just going to read this to you real quick. Uh, Hebrews eleven seventeen by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac and he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son of whom it was said through Isaac shall your offspring offspring be named. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. So getting into it, and this is as we mentioned in our pre-recording conversation, can I trust God with what God has entrusted to me? Can I can I trust the word of God concerning God's own promises? That what God has given me through his promises, can I trust that one of the and this is what I was I think I mentioned this before recording is that God is testing Abraham, but at the same time, this is an opportunity for Abraham to test God. God is seeing if Abraham is obedient, but on the flip side, Abraham is going to be able to see if God is faithful. Mm. It goes both ways. So, and that's the nature of a covenant relationship. So lots of great stuff here. We miss Nathan this week. There's so much more to say, Um, but it's understandable because as a final comment, like a whole idea of a father giving a son, his only son, whom he loves as a sacrifice. Mm. If I were to say that to you, whose story do you think I'm talking about? Isaac's or someone else? I'm not thinking of this story. I'm thinking of uh, something that's coming up a little bit, a little bit later. Yes, I'm, I'm. I'm thinking of some New Testament action. Absolutely, you're thinking. You're thinking of Jesus, mm-hmm. who is going to be laid on the wood, and yet th- that time the knife is not going to be stopped. Mm. And on, on, on a mountain top, so to speak. Yeah, on a mountain. So these are these echoes forward. This is this this moment. Uh, that we're sending an echo forward into the story. And uh, anyway, so much more to talk about in this passage. Uh, but hopefully this is a good introduction. And I, we know we can have full confidence that um, we will have something to talk about next week. Because Nathan will be back with us. And there'll be more to say on this very same. There, there's never a lack of things to talk about. Because I've learned, <laughs> I've learned anything from these past years of doing the podcast. There's always something. Everything is so about. rich. It's so deep. And the more you read mm-hmm. it, the more you fall in love with it. If and you think that this podcast is slow, it, believe me, it could be a whole lot slower. It could. There's, be a, t- there's enough. <laughs> it could be totally slower. All right. Well, that's but, all I have for today, man. 
Well, another thing that I hope for, not just not just Nathan's return us to talking more about this, but also, listener, I hope that you will like and subscribe to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. As we talked about, the best way to help promote the podcast is to talk about it with other people. The second best way is to let these platforms know, Apple, Google, Spotify, that this is worthwhile content so that it will recommend it to others. So if you believe that, go ahead and give us a like, give us a subscribe, check, check mark, thumbs up, whatever that looks like on your platform of choice, and you'll receive a notification every Tuesday morning when we release another 30 minutes of discussing this grand biblical narrative. Until then, you have a great week. All right, see you next time. And for Nathan, I'll say shalom. All right, good stuff.